You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Well, that was a real wife move, the way you just dragged that key across the that table. Was a, okay, I like how you turn it around, Mr. Trump. It was, <laughs> it was a real wife move that you looked at me with a gimlet eye and then, <laughs> and, and then scalded me. How does she well, live I expect with you? It, you know, I understand they expect you to take care of these things. You're like me, you're, but that move... Dragging a key, a painted key, oh, no less, God. with chalk plastic covers that I installed myself. Oh, Hi, everybody. Oh, God. Here we are on Spike's Car Radio. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and it's the day after Halloween, and uh, Zuckerman's been up all night. He had, what, coyotes killing something in his backyard well, first and helicopters. Was, <laughs> yeah, you know, West Hollywood, the, the, the city holiday. Well, you the, dressed up for Halloween, right? Of course I did. <laughs> Why didn't you? No. What's wrong I'm with an you? Adult. But West Hollywood, the most popular holiday of the year in West Hollywood is Halloween, because it's a, it's the holiday that appeals to alienated people. It appeals to crazy people. And you apparently. I don't. What, dis- what do you do? You dress up every year? I mean, I bet everybody listening right now is going. Out of the two people who would dress up, they would go. Spike is definitely that guy. He's got no. young kids. No, you you well, are definitely not that guy. I'm definitely not that guy. You're definitely not that guy. If anyone knows you, you're not that guy. You don't know how to have fun. And I and I do. I do and know how to have fun. You do not. But just no. you know, and being a child is not fun for me. Okay, my office. I went. You know, for the first time in a long time, I went with the kids for the trick or treating last night. Right, because you don't know how to have fun. And I lasted ten minutes. I know. You and don't know I, how to have fun. Well, no, I retreated to my house. Look at with, your little eyes. You're, you are kind of yourself. You look I'm exhausted. Gonna, I'm going to – well, yeah, I'm tired. I am tired. I retreated to the house. I put on the music in the backyard with a friend of mine. He, he, got, a, he got a beer or got some wine. We, we lit up some Hoyos. A month. You know, we had the cigar before the dinner. Disgusting. And we were just sat and talked Gross. like men about show business. It was wonderful. You while need, the kids filled up grocery bags. You need candy. to be holding that stinking turd in between your fingers to talk I'm like do a it man again tonight. It was it's great. Disgusting. Let me tell you what's going on. But then you dress up. You oh, have I'm a big try thing. To tell you. you have a big thing at your office. Yes. You sent me some pictures. They look like they were nudie girls dancing around a it bacchanalian was, affair yes. at a law firm. Why not? Well. We're personal injury lawyers. We are not like we are not button down lawyers. We're banana peel lawyers. We're pirates. We are the pirates of law. That's true. And I have a lot of. I always say that my office is kind of like uh, Misfit Island. It's the land of broken toys. And right. I collect people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make a family, and their favorite holiday is Halloween. And I let them oh, go. They really like it. They love it. So, and the only thing I do is. I get my face kind of painted like a ghoul. And other than that, uh, that's it. I didn't notice much of a difference. <laughs> exactly. Everybody said it suited me. It's just you. It's just another iteration of you. <laughs> it, it, it really is. The ghoulie Paul Zuckerman. Right. <laughs> well, let's talk cars while we have an opportunity. We have Aurora Strauss coming in today. And uh, if you don't know Aurora, you will know Aurora. Uh this uh, girl's uh, is a uh, attending Harvard. college at Harvard, but also racing cars. But really, 
What I was just thinking about is I, I, I ran into her grandparents in Italy at the Villa Desgio. You know, people come up to me all the time, so I come in and say, you know who would be great on your podcast? And it's never – it never works after that. Okay, my, cousin, my cousin Jimmy, he knows uh, about Chevys. Yeah, it's a, like I don't have – like I don't know who's going to be on the podcast. You're, all right? We're fine. We're fine with guests. So, you know, someone just this morning on the ride in said, you know who you have on? It were three people we've already had on. So obviously he's not looking back in the deck. But anyway – this this uh, lovely uh, grandma and grandpa from New York City said, "My daughter races. Our granddaughter races cars." Did she's... they sound like my grandparents would have sounded? <laughs> my 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 no, grandson they, Paul. They're lovely people, Mark and Livia, and you know <laughs> she collects modern art, and he's a cardiologist, and they're smart, and they live in New York, and they were wonderful. We really loved hanging out with them. I, you know, I, I kept saying to my wife, "Why? Where? Where are my grandparents like this?" This is your twenty-five percent of... Jewish in you that you like the guy, Mark, the cardiologist. He was fantastic, of course. He collects watches, Alange and Son watches. A lot, you know. He's crazy like I am, but he's, you know, he's also loaded. He's also successful. They're also smart. And again, I was just like, well, why? Why didn't this happen for us, Zuckerman? Where were these people if in our lives? If this happened for us, we wouldn't be here today. <laughs> we would be happy. We would be well adjusted. We would not be funny. We would not be striving. <laughs> we would not have the need to get cars, yes, money, to make all up of for these to, to fill the black to, hole. To fill the black hole. Well, she pitched her uh, granddaughter, who she said races cars, and I said, "Sure, sure enough, Aurora Strauss." I start seeing her what all over name. the place. And she's at Harvard. So we're going to meet her today. I'm sure she's going to be the next big thing in uh, auto racing or I don't know what she studies, whatever she's studying. But uh, I can't wait. I've not seen a human like this before. An Ivy League uh, educated race car driver that I think started racing at 14 years old before you even get your driver's license. How does it happen? We're going to find out. Anyway. I've got to talk to my son about this because his, his talent is laying on the couch and doing nothing. <laughs> his secret talent is being tired doing nothing. Yeah. You know, Jack last night, he built this uh, Gaylay suit. I think that's how you pronounce it. And uh, it's a military, you know, you have the military fatigues, the camo. Yes. Then there's the stuff that you put leaves and rope on and so you can really blend into the foliage. Right. You look and, like kind of like a, a, a monster when you start yeah. to move. He, he spent a good part of his week last week building this thing out of, out of uh, stuff in the backyard. How do you, how do you say and, it? I think it's Gaylay. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's like high lie. I know. And I, I have no idea what he was talking about. I'm like, you're building a what? A gay what? A gay lay suit. My son's into gay lay. That w- that's really a disturbing comment. <laughs> well, then when you see it, you're like, this is great. So he was last night on the street blending into the bushes and scaring the, the crap out of girls. Oh. Um, and it was really impressive. It really worked. They could not see him. He was really blended in, and they would scream. And then the dads at the houses would give him extra candy. He cleaned up. It was nice. It was a really fun time. Halloween's great. But I'm, I'm exhausted. What, let's talk cars, Zuckerman. I know you and I were together. We congregated last weekend in Malibu. And I said, when we get together, we must discuss this. Oh, I was I, not here last weekend. You, you see, weren't? You're having an old man moment. It was the weekend before. And, and okay, two weeks ago. Well, two what weeks was ago. it? Tell me. Tell me what we, we were. We t- had a subject we wanted to talk about. <laughs> it was something that was annoying us, something we thought was pertinent, something we thought that had to be discussed. And because we have a combined age in excess of 100 years, neither of us can My remember. God, it was so important to cars. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the GT3 brakes squeaking loudly because of water vapor or lack thereof in the air, right? It wasn't that. No. It was not GT2 RS related. 
No. It wasn't this new 993 RS that you just bought related. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was some driving thing that, you know, uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. We Here don't we... drive enough. I want to tell you something. We need to drive more. Well, I, I went for a drive yesterday the day before Seinfeld's out here. We got up in the morning and we drove uh, the 959 out and the GT2 RS. And I said, let's just keep going. Let's not stop for coffee. Let's hit Encinal. And he pulled the plug on it. He's like, oh, God, to shoot. Comedians all day. I'll be oh, in the driver's seat. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm angry this morning. I need to drive this car fast through the canyons. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Speaking of 959, here's a, here's a subject I want to bring up. Porsche did their Project Gold, Project Scheisse. I didn't like that Turbo S. And then when they did the 70th anniversary show in Atlanta where they, they had the auction. This past weekend. Yes, past weekend. RM they bring out made some money. a green 959. That just blew my mind. It was so great. And they barely publicized it and they totally yeah, they, it was their that. first restoration reconditioning of a 959 and they did it in i believe oak green metallic and it blows project gold away Porsche and you did this yes and you don't hear a peep about Boy, it i didn't even see that they got this car so right and project gold so wrong <laughs> and and but you but they did all that publicity on Project Gold and they do nothing about this car that is mind blowing. This should have been what they did. Well, they had the Paris Dakar. Yeah, well that well that was too. an this was not an auction car. The 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 oh it wasn't. It was not an it was not an auction. It was a something that Porsche bought out to show wow. the public, and um and it and it was the right move for them to make. And, and we can talk about it. Project Gold. In fact. So that car sold for three point one, right? To a young kid from Dubai, he was he's twenty five years old, and he had stated his intention to fly that car back to Dubai, uh, no matter what the price. And I suppose if you're twenty five years old and you flew on your G five or G seven or whatever G he's up to, uh, and, and you're flying the car back with yeah. you, you can drive it wherever you want, even yes. though you, it's not road legal. Well, you know what I told you? I had heard that they, right before the auction started, had Porsche had to fly that car right. out of the country because they weren't sure it was ever going to get back into this country or any other country, right? Project Fool's Gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you can't say that. It sold for 3.1 mil, and somebody's got something great. Okay, would, why would didn't, you paint it another color? I would have painted it. I would have <laughs> taken a real... Nine nine, a real nine nine three Turbo S, like they did with this nine five nine, a real car with a real VIN number, yeah, and totally redone it, and <clears> then you could have sold it to somebody to use. Is it worth three point one? No. You know, I, you know, I, I, no. I, I hate to conjure up Matt Farah here, but this is a case where I'm just like, it's that's not worth anything near that, right? You know what it was worth to me? <clears throat> what? Hundred, hundred fifty. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't like anything about it. It didn't get me excited. It was in the wrong color. You can't drive it. But it was for charity. Let's go. Did you find the green car or no? No, I'm looking at some of the auction results now from RM Sotheby's. You know what? RM Sotheby's, by the way, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm always hot. You're always overheated? I'm overheated. Did you eat a lot of candy last night? I don't think you're. During the day, I did. That's another reason I feel crappy. Yeah. No, I know. The sugar buzz. Yep. Yeah. I, I got into you, a couple of candies last night. Your eyes are glazed over. It's like mine. You, yeah, it's you really between the cigar 
and and the lack of sleep and the and the sugar. I've never seen you look like this, Ferriston. Well, this is this was like a party for me. This is how hard I party now at this age. Am I right? No. We go back to the house. We smoke cigars before dinner. We go pick up all the kids and everybody. We just pile them into the Land Rover and drive them up the street because the streets are closed now. You can't have cars on the streets where they uh, they trick or treat. But it's fun. We pile everybody in, and then we got. Uh, I, I ordered a bunch of pizzana pizzas that I then reheated and cooked up, and salads and stuff in the backyard. And you just gorge yourself. You gorge yourself. You now, gorge you. yourself. You're very big on your health. I want everyone to know that you take care of yourself <laughs> yes, better than try. anybody I know. You are you are an outlier in your family. Right. You are breaking the mold yes. of the Ferristons. and <laughs> But you do one thing that I find really shocking. Okay. You smoke those disgusting cigars. I do. And I, I need and advice. I think, and I think that you need to talk to your doctor, Dr. Ron. I did. About this. And I don't think you should be doing it. He said you'll be fine. The doctor said that. Yeah. He said you'll be fine. Yeah. Because what are you doing? He, I smoke a cigar or two every week. And uh, he's like, eh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Really? <laughs> I ask all, every doctor I run into. Everyone. I do. <clears throat> but here's, you know, I, I don't really drink anymore. I, I you know, I like ice cream. <laughs> I, like I ice really cream. like to, <clears throat> I don't like being too good. So the cigar kind of takes me into a, an unhealthy territory and makes me feel a little human. And, and, I, and I like uh, doing something wrong. This is you know a funny I mean? thing that to be If you? I don't, if I take that away, then I might go start using You're heroin. funny. You, re- you really hit something. The essence of being <clears throat> human to a man is yeah. to do something self-destructive. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. Well, you know, when a bunch of people are sitting around drinking and you don't really drink, you can have a cigar. <laughs> it's great. Okay. So and you- now I like them. Now I really like them. It, it's also a perfect space of time to sit, and it gives me like it's my fidget uh, spinner. <laughs> it allows me to sit and have a conversation. Why don't you get some <clears throat> worry beads? Greek if one. I don't have that cigar, I'm probably not going to talk to you longer than two minutes. <laughs> I'm going to walk away. Uh, I'm just going to lose interest. But the the interest in the cigar will keep me there talking to you. It is hard to talk to people, <clears throat> isn't it? It is. To, it's, it's very hard, hard. Hard to maintain interest. I wonder yeah. if people listening have that same difficulty, mm-hmm. too. Probably anybody who's listening to this has difficulty <coughs> talking to other people. No, they want us to get back to the cars. So. Okay. So let's talk about cars. Wait, hold on. I'm, I've got the R.M. Sotheby's thing up here, and I'm going over results. First of all, <clears throat> sorry this. I'm getting these fucking allergy shots, and this is what my mornings are like now. Can you believe this? <coughs> that Good is disgusting. Lord. All right. I'll just hawk it up right here for you guys. Yeah. I'm Zuckerman. Shut the fuck up. Just listen to my phlegm. (laughs) 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 I don't fucking care. Phlegm. Phlegm. Um, Arm Sotheby's does a great job of throwing up the results. At, right after the auction, I right? Didn't see you, it. you can go look, and, and here we are. They post them up. I'll throw some numbers at you, and you can tell me what you think of these numbers of these cars. All right, cars well, were let, interesting. Let me cars first say like. something prefatory about this, and you agree. Prefatory, Prefe- yes. prefatory statement, Ferris. In that this was a kind of a very ballsy <clears throat> thing mm-hmm. for RM to do, and I think that they were not so sure it would work. It was a one mark auction that was going to be at the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta, which had never had an auction. Yes. And this is a one-off, first time, going to a place where nobody's going to be. Right. Get to your point. So it, so <laughs> people have to understand that this they this auction could have been a true disaster. True. 
and I don't think it was. No, I think it, it went, did well. It did really well. All right. Well, here. Well, let's play a little game, Tuckerman. Since you haven't seen the results, I know you've seen some of them because you went back and forth. But I'm going to pick cars that I know you haven't seen, and you tell me. You see if you can guess the market price for these Porsches now. All right. You ready? Right. Here we go. This is going to be fun. We have a new little game here on the podcast. All right. Lot number 165, 1989 Porsche 911 Turbo Coupe. Triple black, 26,000 original miles. So it's got the five-speed G50 gearbox. What did this car sell for? An 89 911 Turbo Coupe. Not more than 150. 196 all in. Wow, that's so. There's life you know, in that the, market. The, the triple black is what got everyone excited. Well, and I'll tell you something. There, there, that market got really hot up until about three years ago. Everyone wanted a turbo without really understanding what nine thirties <clears> are <throat> like with the leg, with the weight. That it's a really a midpoint in evolutionary cards, almost like a prototype. The whole line and. Uh, but that's a nice thing to hear that that hit almost two hundred. That's a strong number. That's for a 26, very strong number. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because all yes. right, here we go. Nine fourteen six. I think this is seventy one. Let me check. Okay, seventy one. I'm going to show you a picture of it because it's a lovely. Is it the green one? The green one. There were two green in the. Auction. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Well, hold Mine. on. Let me give you some stats on okay. it before you before you say anything. Um. One of only two known Willow Green examples. I can't believe there are two Willow Green 914.6s. Delivered new to the United States. Retains the original engine and gearbox. C of A means nothing. Desirable bolt-on performance upgrades. Documented ownership from new. Let's see if I can find miles. Uh, It has accumulated 117,000 miles, which I'm guessing means it was restored at some point. Accumulated. It's accumulated. I'll give you a little hint. This is a very strong number. For I'm going to tell you it broke months. a record. It broke a record for 914s because at <clears throat> auctions, the little pieces like this, right, have mm-hmm. the room to breathe. When cars are going for $5 million, something for 100000 plus doesn't seem expensive, even though for that car it's completely unreasonable. This is a forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 car. I bet it went for one hundred twenty five hundred forty. One forty five six. Which is a huge number. Huge number for a 914. Huge even, number. Even, even, even <clears throat> but, our But friend. you and I know the power of green. The it, power of green right now in the Porsche market right now, is massive. Ten years ago, green was no sell. Like Nobody red. wanted it. Nobody wanted it. I still think Fjord green is a negative. <laughs> but whatever this was, hold on. Time to pay the bills. Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety, petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Another thing you're going to wonder about, but in a good way, are continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE and tens of millions of Chryslers and Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and BWs. Now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit form and function. And Continental has OE technology series multi-V belts for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks. A belt should not be one of them. Go to Continental OE Technology Series Multi V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree to get the full story. Visit OE Technology Series.com. All right, here's a tough one, Zuckerman. Nothing's tough for me, Ferris. <clears throat> this 1958 356A 1600 Super Speedster. That is a uh, 
completely unrestored or beaten down oh. to <laughs> it's no paint oh. on it it looks like someone started a restoration Let's see. I don't. By the way, I don't like when someone tries to educate me about the model in this. I can look that up somewhere else. I don't want three paragraphs at the top of this description about what these cars are and what they mean. If you don't know what a speedster is at this point, I disagree with you. I like reading about. I, the, Start with this one. Start with this one. Well, I'm going to tell you. If this. There's if no this way. Car, I don't even think, see the story. If this car went over two hundred <clears throat> grand, somebody got ripped off, and I'm going to guarantee it went for close to three. Well. Uh, vehicle built from uh, bumpers in a rear over yeah. Although the original paint and interior are not listed, the door jam paint is stamped silver, so it's an original silver okay. black. That would have matched with red or black. They don't know what color the interior was. It doesn't quite say why it's in this condition. Because it's junk. Well, it's not rusted through. It looks like someone started a restoration. Well, okay, so did it go over? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, okay, hold on. Oh. Okay, let me just read this. Uh, 75 horsepower super fitted with then-fashionable Bursch extractor exhaust system is said to run. Hydraulic brakes. Uh, there's a little bit of a red flag here, Zuckerman. The car's factory-installed coupe seats have been replaced with more sporting speedster buckets. Yeah, big deal. Its speedometer odometer head, which would have originally been a U.S. spec, was also replaced. <clears throat> so it's got a different odometer. Uh, odometer story, story, based too many on stories. a 1983 Texas odometer disclosure. It's, it's, Texas, okay. Texas, Zuckerman, bloody Texas. Do, do anything. All right, what's um, the number? Um, but it looks like a car that. Oh wait, here's an interior picture. Okay, oh wait, hold on, fuck. Here, look at the interior shot before you make a guess. Look at the shot of this car, Zuckerman. Look. Like they just it's pulled disgusting. it out of the river. Yeah. And look at the shifter knob. Everything on the car is You know, wrong. my car had that shifter knob when I bought it, my Speedster. Really? Yeah, that was just something they Sticky did. Sticky wood. Just a, you know, like a Safari Speedster. That's what they did back in the I days. Know. They you put, put the, the wood big wood like in. 917. <clears throat> All right, the number? I'm going to say gonna that like somebody it. paid in the upper twos. Three hundred and seven five. The Jerry effect, unbelievable. And so well, it's everyone, the celebration. You know, people needs, are celebrating. You said this is a fifty-six. <clears throat> yep. So it's an off year. You're going to need, if you want to do it right, it's close to two hundred fifty to three hundred grand so to get this. Now. So you are in on an off year speedster, and it is a super, so that's nice. But you have to get a real kind of sort of like the little differences in. 56 over a 58. Right. And, and I don't... Uh, so you're just upside down. Just upside down. You are. Yeah. yeah. Why is it so expensive to restore a speedster? I mean, I, I restored mine back in the day. Paint was about 10 grand. I painted that car three times, 10 to 15 grand each time. Well, right? well Spike, I, I was looking at a photograph of, of Sunset Boulevard in the 60s, <coughs> and right, gas was 30 up. cents a gallon. All right. And lot what 179. Happened? Lot 179 is a 1996 Porsche 911. <laughs> 993 Carrera RS. Why are you laughing, Mr. Zuckerman? Well, I'm like, why are you <clears throat> laughing? Why are you reading this? Uniquely ordered with a variety of interesting options delivered new to Germany, recently imported to the U.S., 21,622 KMs, highly original throughout and extensively documented. What is the color of this? What yellow is this? Speed. Speed yellow with speed yellow wheels. You know what number this was because you bought this car, Zuckerman. $390,000 inclusive of applicable buyer's fees. 
That is correct. Are you looking for people to slice in on this car? Of course. <laughs> I'm looking for 10 <laughs> or 12 people to buy each 50%. <laughs> this would be a great car. <clears throat> what have you, you know, I, these cars are awesome. Have you driven Jerry's? You've driven Jerry's, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Spectacular Everybody, uh, a lightweight that has, everyone that lightweight. has one loves it. Yeah. Not only is it lightweight, the engine is popped a little bit. It's, oh, it is? Yes, it is. It's instead of being 280 horsepower, it's 300, and it's got a different um, setup, oh, so yeah, it revs that. faster. This car is somewhat unique in that it is yellow. Most of the cars were polar silver, that bluey silver color. Uh, this is one of very few uh, speed yellow cars. And you'll notice uh, that it was ordered with a turbo wing, a 993 turbo oh, wing yeah, look on, at that. on the back, which was not entirely uncommon. But I what, like it, that. what is unusual about and it's got a, a smaller front spoiler. <clears throat> what is more mm -hmm. unusual about the car is that the gentleman in Germany who ordered it wanted something that was more of a touring so it does not have sport buckets in it. It's it's got uh, <laughs> at the enemy uh, of Zuckerman. You know, is the sport I should bucket. say the carbon fiber buckets, <clears throat> race yeah, buckets. Yeah. It's got sports seats. Mm -hmm. It also has AC, and it also has a radio. Wow, what a great car! And look at that. So they made just over a thousand of these things. Well, look at that. What a great car that's going to be. And yellow. What do you think of the wheels yellow. in yellow, though? We're going to have to see this in person. I. At this point, with the amount of metal that floats through our lives, I, I like all craziness at this point. So right. keep everything. Just leave it yellow and have fun with it. Right. <clears throat> if you want to go go at that car and make it your own, I mean, this is what gives the car the personality. Well, Just le le let leave it be it. what it is. Yeah, that's the way it was, let the it way be. it was ordered. A guy named Helmut originally Helmut. <laughs> took delivery of it, so you got that going Helmut. for it. Helmut <laughs> Kowalski, what's his name? Anyway, that's a great car. Congratulations. Thank you. Look at you. Wow, this is really fun. You want to do another car? Do another one. I love this. Let me see if I can find something a little tricky. But it's good that listeners can also get an idea of the market. I think a lot of these prices are inflated um, just because it's the 70th anniversary. What do you and mean everybody wants to buy an anniversary, 70th anniversary car. They want to say, I bought this at the 70th anniversary. I also think that the market has been quiet for a while, and there's a lot of pent-up uh, demand. Right. Well, here's an interesting car. All right. Here's a 19, lot 189 is a 91 964 Turbo. And let me get the right colors on Tell this. Tell me again this the year. 1991 Porsche 911 Turbo mm. <clears throat> showing uh, 18,400 mm. miles in the special order color of Meteor Gray over Matador red leather $20,000 in options including $11,000 of exclusive options delivered with original sticker records books and tools that's a beautiful car Zuckerman it's uh understand though though it, the inside of it I looks know. like the I, inside know. of a cow's mouth I, look at that that's a beautiful mouth. exterior <laughs> but that's a cattle Cow mouth tongue. I'll have the uh, cattle mouth interior yes. Oh, boy, that's horrid. And, oh, yeah, the burl. Look at all the burl. Yeah, the, the burl is terrible. Burl. And I believe that this was a car at one time that had passed through our friend Ray J's hands at RPM yeah, Sports like Car in <clears throat> Houston. And I don't – I think that that's uh, – I think somebody who was a speculator owned that car and put it on the auction block, hoping that the color and the description would make a win. And I bet that car didn't turn out so well. 
The exterior is beautiful. I understand. I mean, that, what I a bet color. The number, Meteor gray. I agree unreal. with you. Go ahead. Give me a number. What do you got? Low, low to mid hundreds. 210. 210. Wow. I know. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I'm Okay. I'm shocked. <clears throat> and I'm really yeah. happy to hear this because you, I like these cars. But in 964s, the turbo to have is the is the 94, the year that mm-hmm. was not supposed to have a turbo, mm-hmm. the year that they put the 3.6 in, and the earlier ones are 3.3s. Three uh, they're not... They're not the greatest cars, but but I'm going to give them credit. Two tens a big number for that car. Eighty-five Paris nine five nine Paris Dakar Porsche nine five nine Paris Dakar. Is that the one with the original dirt that we were always making yes. fun of? All right, because apparently this car has sold. They're saying. For, what do you think the original dirt premium bought? What percentage of the price? Oh, that easily added eighteen percent to the price. Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to take your credit card and kind of coke that off the car and put it in a little bottle. You, and, and then wait a second, it. and then would you then <clears throat> rub your finger on the card and then rub your gums? Yeah, you know, you dirt. do a line of the original dirt before every drive. You just snort it right. You out. just made me think. Do you remember uh, <laughs> Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke? The yeah, girl that well, does I the love Aja- that movie, the Ajax girl. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Those guys were great. Can you imagine trying to make that movie right now? Come on, Paris Dakar. That car has floated around us I, over I, and over again, right? Right. But well, we saw it. No, you we think s- this is a real sale? Yes. Give me a number. I think it went for close to five million dollars. <laughs> six. And oh. that six mil. That, my friend, is a number that is so outstanding. So huge. But we talked about, the, you know, the, with all of the safari car madness, this is the ultimate safari car. Oh, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. It's Why wouldn't you deal. want it? Yeah. It, and, and I think that it really, between what Canop is doing for 959s and what Porsche is now doing with the 959 that they restored, one day we're going to say to ourselves, all those times we could have bought one for 250 grand, 300 grand, we are schmucks. Yep. This, these cars are going to be like the 275 Ferraris just becoming unobtainable. 2008 Porsche 911 GT2. Yellow. Four to 500. 235. Whoa, how many miles? I would guess uh, a lot. Let's have a look. Not a lot. That was a GT2 or GT2 RS? <clears throat> Not a GT2 RS. Oh, uh, Just I'm a GT2. sorry. Yeah. No, okay, so it was one two- of 194 imported that year. Striking speed yellow, only 2,800 miles. Wow, How, what, what a great what's the car. number? 235. Okay, that's, that's a good that's number. A, that's a solid. No, that's number. a solid number. Yeah. I thought you said RS. No, I know there was an RS, but it was red that sold for 90, 538. 911 GT2 RS, 2011. Yeah. 538, solid number. Okay, solid For a red car, too. Solid, solid number. numbers. There's, these More are really, than... This is a really strong auction. Can you imagine what the numbers would have been if they did this auction at Rensport mm-hmm. a few weeks ago? 20% um, higher. Easy. You think so? At Rensport, where people are jacked up, where, where, <laughs> where there's so much money there. Right. Who's paying attention to this shit in Atlanta? <clears throat> did you see how many people were in the we're room We're paying there? right now. We're, we are. I understand, but did you see the pictures of the room? No. There were like three people there. Yeah. It looked like somebody giving a speech on the Senate floor <laughs> on C-SPAN. <laughs> Some guy frothing at the mouth to you nobody. You know what? Even the memorabilia seemed to do really well. Like the little lots of posters. Did did your friend there jump in on any no, of these posters? No, he, he did not. He should have, but he didn't. Yeah, they there were a couple of very notable sales. A Porsche RS60 Spider Driver's Manual sold for $11,400. <laughs> One of the craziest ones was a lot 
And maybe at some point our auto uh, poster guys can explain this to us. Lot 124, Porsche 911 sales literature, a collection of sales literature sold for $20,400. A little picture eight ball on that, too. A large collection of sales literature. Can you imagine spending that much money, $20,000 on sales literature? People do not. um... Okay, here's lot 126, Martini and Rossi Cafe Umbrella. $480. $480. Couldn't I get that at my local Osh hardware store? Steal it like from some 20- elderly neighbor <laughs> who never goes outside. And then lots of racing posters. Those were cool. There were big batches of posters, like 10 or 20 posters you could have picked up from the 80s for $3,600. That seems all right and kind of rightly priced. <clears throat> another weird one, another outlier, lot 139. Porsche 911 Pulizai Billboard. I like that thing. $11,400. Did you see the size of that? Did you see how cool that thing is? What is I, it made of? It's made of the paper that they glue onto a billboard. I was thinking how oh, cool Oh, and then would, so they cut it into squares. Well, no, it's made in squares and that are attached together. <clears throat> so, so, but what are you going to do with that, Zuckerman? For $14,400? I'm not going to do anything unless I have a – it's like the Three Stooges with the glue, right? You'd have to get them to – Can you imagine getting that box and it's just a bunch of papers and you've written this check for $14,400? I guess I won't get a new Rolex Daytona. I'll get this copying machine paper. Hey, let's take it out and look at it and how do you fold it back up? Wait, don't stop with that. Oh, I ripped the Z. That would be horrible. And Yeah, I know. Where do you reassemble it? What is the plan? You, I guess get, if you some... get Curly Moe and Larry <laughs> <laughs> to try to glue it up somewhere. Some guy is going to try to paper his house with this, and his wife is going to kill him. Well, anyway, I don't know. I'm I'm happy that the, the Porsche community and the Porsche market is thriving, Zuckerman. And it's largely due to me and my show and you and even Will in the producer's booth there. You even noted that that somebody is adver- somebody in Boise, Idaho is selling a car that I own for five minutes and well, advertising it. You it texted the, me that this morning. Yes, the 86 <clears throat> Turbo. Right. Uh, with can-can red interior. Which the, black, was a lovely, the black with yeah, red? Yeah. No, I remember that well, car. That was a lovely car. Yes. Um, Again, it was like sitting in a cow's mouth. Exactly. <laughs> I liked it. And I hated the interior. Inside your colonoscopy. Uh, and, yes, exactly right. And, An inflamed uh, colonoscopy, and, though. Uh, and they're advertising it uh, as form- owned at one time by noted collector Paul Zuckerman. Associate. Associate of so-and-so. Jerry Seinfeld. Associate. Why was that important? I don't even know. He's an own associate of Vinny Goomba. <laughs> Dr. Vinny Boombot. Who would be the least impressive associate in your life to be associated with? That's an actual associate. Uh, that it would just matter not in the least. Judd co- Nelson, known associate of Judd Nelson, <laughs> <laughs> former neighbor of Judd Nelson, <laughs> who used to talk to bushes late at night. <laughs> late at night. <laughs> oh, fantastic! And I'm laughing. I I didn't know that that making a car, associating a car to two Jewish fellows in Idaho was such a great sales pitch up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not our nation. It's the Aryan nation. <laughs> There's some very nice people up in Idaho. I, I go sure there all the time. You do? Coeur d'Alene, yes. Yeah. I just wear a different nose. 
That's all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll be back with more Spikes Car Radio and Aurora Strauss after this. Let's talk about Amsoil. You know why I like Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports, and basically they get it. Recently, Amsoil created the guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It has insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing more power out of your engine. You can get your free copy at amsoil.com slash spike. While there, find out more about Amsoil Synthetic Motor Oil 2, like how Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by a leading industry standard. Go to amsoil.com spike to get your free insider's guide to increasing your horsepower. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Anyway, welcome back to Spike's Car Radio. We're here with Aurora Strauss. Yay! So nice to have you on the show. Now, yeah. do you know the entire history of why you're here? Vaguely. I Vaguely. know that you know my grandparents, which which I, I said this to someone out there earlier, is like the weirdest connection to the automotive <laughs> industry I've ever gotten because they are so remote from my racing. Yeah. Um, Mark and Lily. What did you say? I Lily? thought it was yeah. Mark and Livia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we ran into each other at the Villades Car Show because I guess Mark, your grandpa, collects uh, Alanga and Sonia watches. He does. So he actually um, is part of the reason that I've learned to fall in love with certain watches, right. which is part of how I ended up with your short meal. So okay. vague, like kind of third degree connection there, but right. I, I never expected them to actually refer me to someone. Cardiologists yeah. love TikToks and beats. It's a very uh, watch collecting. Oh, that's interesting. Cardiologist yeah. hobby. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's hoarding. He wouldn't, tell <laughs> me, he wouldn't tell me how many watches he had. How many watches? Have you seen his collection of watches? I haven't. Um, he probably has at least a dozen, if I had to they guess. Seem, by the way, they seem like great grandparents. They're, oh, they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. My entire family is amazing. I actually was – I spent a lot of time the last couple of days talking about my grandparents for one reason or another because I'm in an art history class. Oh, right. And, you're, and they you're, also collect art. They're, yes, they do. I Modern love them. Art. They're really weird, right? So I've grown up with contemporary art Yeah. Um, in my house, in their house, and we basically judge like whether – you know, where we should live um, based on like how many – blank walls there are for them to put art right so, and and grandma yeah. has her own art museum right yes she runs an art museum in peekskill new york that's right yeah. Yeah. what this kind is of a... people what kind of people are we associated with now ferriston what do you mean well th- this to hear about this uh, you know my my parents bought art if it matched the couch yeah right this well, was yes there are upsides <laughs> and downsides to really weird contemporary art. And I, again, like I say that with like a lot of appreciation yeah, for it. Yeah, this is contemporary art they're talking about I here. Know, you have Her to, grandmas, we were rolling through these tours and doing all this stuff. There was, I remember we were at this one manor that had an installation of modern art. She just turned and she went, oh, this is crap. <laughs> and you can't tell the difference. <laughs> and, and I yeah. was like, I'm glad you're saying that, Olivia, because that's what I thought. This is horrible. This they're, is absolutely they're horrible. They're super, super upfront people. That's why I'm like, I, I love all of the kind of little lessons that I learned right. from them when I was younger. And part of that is like kind of the cut the shit moment. Um, <laughs> Just be authentic. Say I've, what you think. I, well, that's, I've grown up with like a lot of the reason I'm, I'm super aggressive in the racing world is because I grew up with a family that like constantly interrupted each other and was really, yeah, really aggressive, yeah, really you, straightforward. Well, this is, well, now wait. Now, so when we were talking, she, they, they first talked about their son, Right? That's my dad. That's your dad who is – he goes, oh, he's running some kind of racetrack in New York City or outside of New York. And I'm like, what does that mean? Well, hold on. 
Now we're on a subject I want to talk about. Yep. He's running a racetrack, and that turns out to be uh, with a little place outside of, uh, uh, between Connecticut and New York there. What's that Not little Walk private track? Planned, but I don't. No, it's the um, private track. It's the private track. The, the track my dad runs or yeah, a different yeah. one? That's Monticello. Monticello, it's Monticello right, right. Oh, yeah, isn't it's that in where Thomas Jefferson was from? Who, who lived there? That so was that's a, Monticello, Virginia, Virginia. I think. See, look at that. Oh, look at that. Yeah. This Harvard education. And I threw that out there here. to test her that was mental, test. Okay. Yes, of mental <clears> acuity because <throat> everyone knows Thomas Jefferson was from Virginia, a slaveholding state. Right. Yes. No. Yeah. Not from well, not from you know, eastern uh, upstate New York. I was going to say, if Thomas Jefferson had a bunch of slaves in New York. I, I feel like I would have learned Known about it. that in elementary school. Yes. Yep. yep. This is the thermal club on the East Coast, essentially. Really? And how, so, so take us back to the beginning. Okay. I want to know, because he started racing before he had a driver's license, right? Yeah. How does, yeah. how did that work? How did that work? How did I not know how to do this when I was your age? Well. And how old were you when you started? So I started when I was 13, um, because you <clears throat> Met me through my grandparents. I, I guess I should kind of start with them and my dad. Yeah. Um, my family and I actually lived in California, in San Francisco, okay. up until I was about five or six. And we moved to New York so my dad could kind of go in on a business project with my grandfather. That's, I mean, all of that aside, um, we ended up in New York. And my dad ended up kind of wondering what he wanted to do. We, we never expected to end up back in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and around 2007 or 2008, um, he met a group of people that were talking about building a private racetrack in upstate New York. Okay, there you and go. And I think he was, at that point, he was doing like DE track days, uh, just trying to get away from the house. Didn't really know what he was doing, but he mm-hmm. knew that it was fun. But he was interested in racing himself. Yeah, he was interested yeah. in racing himself. He's always been a gearhead. Uh, he had a huge poster of Lamborghini Diablo above his bed when there he was little. There you go. He's that guy. Yeah, he's there are lots exactly. Of those guys. There are a lot of those guys. My dad was one of them. <laughs> right. Um, but he, he went in on this. <clears throat> this kind of potential investment he started working on mm-hmm. uh, deals for this private track. At that point, I don't know if there were really any private racetracks out there. Like Thermal started significantly after Monticello started. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really new type of business plan. Very, People were unsure it about out. it. It was a very new idea. Very new yeah, concept. Yeah, super new. People were really unsure it was going to succeed. Right. And you know, so the, like the cherry on top of that. Yeah, most uh, people we, who are li- a lot of people listening don't even know what, that this exists. But this okay. is like the country club of racing. It's I, like, yeah. instead of golfing, you go there. You're a member and you race cars. I describe it as a, a driving range, but yeah. of a different sort. Yeah, but it's, it's great. I really love these places because it's far more relaxing. Like I like to sit down, and have a nice cup of coffee and a little biscuit, and have a sh- yeah. and sit in the shade. Biscuit. I'm, <laughs> I'm past. You know when we went to the thermal club? I didn't go. Remember? Oh, you weren't I, there. You've I've never, never been, been to thermal, but I've heard. It's really nice, yeah. But they take care of you, and, be, and racing is crazy. It it it's, it makes you feel crazy. I don't want to be beat up anymore. I like I want to relax between the laps, and it actually helps. It's nice. Yeah, anyway, this is, it's a great idea. But it was a hard sell. I remember they had a hard sell. It was a pretty well. I mean, they opened basically right in the middle of the recession, which right, right. wasn't ideal, right? Nope. But um, luckily, you know, it's it's thriving now. I actually, speaking of the like being relaxed, uh, they have a private chef there now. Things are crazy. It's four point two mile racetrack. They have like I think they just 4. opened up a new museum. Yeah. Four point two miles. That's yep. nice. It's it's really you can get going. It's a it's a solid track too. Like it's it's a real driver's track. Um, you know, to the point where it can be potentially scary sometimes, but in a good way. So wait, so you're a kid. You're how old? And you say to dad, hey, I want to get in one of these cars and go around the track. Sort of, yep. So I was, I was 13. Wait, you weren't racing carts or doing anything like I that? I have never been in like a really quick go-kart ever in my life. Right. Uh, so I went a really unconventional route because my, my dad 
didn't really know that much about the racing industry or the driving industry in general uh-huh. when he just kind of went full throttle forward with this idea. Um, and then, like I said, it struggled for a couple of years, but when it picked up, it really picked up. Um, there are now a million you know, other potential projects out there trying right, to basically right. be Monticello Motor Club in other states. Um, and when I was 13, I was doing summer stocks. I was doing musical theater <laughs> five minutes away what from... Play? Sorry? What play? Uh, Do you remember? Legally was it Blonde. I know. Frozen legally wasn't, Blonde? Frozen wasn't out yet. Um, <clears throat> I was in Legally Blonde, except That's I, I so looked funny. really young. Like, I yeah, was 13, yeah. and I mm-hmm. looked like I was 9 or 10. So I also <laughs> played Flounder in a junior version of The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Flounder. Because they needed someone small <clears throat> enough. Now, so, see, that looks right for you. That looks like what you should be doing. That yeah, could be a like great Flounder name, name for your like racing you career. Flounder. Here comes Flounder around turn <laughs> well, I three. hope not. Yeah, so how do you go from that? Summer stock. <laughs> what is the moment where you go, you know what, I'm going to pivot here and get in cars? It was pretty much an my... accident. It, okay. it was an accident. What's so accident? I had the Little Mermaid shows at 8 a.m. Yeah. They were kid shows. Oh, and yeah. then I had Legally Blonde at 8 p.m. And I was five minutes away from the racetrack. So right. I you had time. ended up, yeah, I ended up sitting at the track, you know, kind of twiddling my thumbs, making Coke floats for all the employees there. So I really right. like, I had a lot of time on my hands and it was the middle of summer between I think seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And one day, um, Stephen Macleer, one of the instructors there had like a last minute cancellation. And my dad and I had talked a while ago about uh, my potentially learning like safe p- defensive driving right, skills right, and right. siding skills that in the future sense. just so I'd be safer on public roads, which I still like. Right. I'm a super strong advocate for. But he basically said, like, all right, you know, he's Steven's here. You're here. Why not do this a little bit early? And but do you even know how to drive a car at that point? At that point, I'd never been in a car before in my entire life. <laughs> never in a car. So I got into a... <laughs> so your first experience is a race car. Yes. That's in amazing. driving. Yes. That's wow. amazing. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah. It's, again, like super unconventional and I stumbled into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was a ride on lawnmower and then a go-kart. Really? You did go-karting? No, not no Briggs and Stratton go karts. Okay. You know Sears yeah, yeah. and Roebuck things go-karts. that were made in Still garages. Fun, yeah. yeah, yeah, that ripped your scalp off well, and stunk, and you got gas all over. <laughs> yeah. You learn a lot. From no, those. they were known for catching long hair and tearing your right. scalp oh, off. Yeah. That's what they were known for. <laughs> so you get in a race car, you're going around the track. Yeah, I mean, how does this I, I, happen? Is yeah, this what kind so, of car? What kind of car is it? First of all, so it's a, it's an old Mazda Miata. Nice. I should say I was not even remotely good enough to get on the track the first couple of days. I right. was a really slow learner. Um, I I will like still publicly say this. Like I didn't have the natural bug for it. Right. Like I loved it, but I had to kind of teach myself the skills. Mm-hmm. Versus some people just get into carts or cars, and you can tell like it's in their blood. They just right. have it. I didn't so much. I had to teach it to myself. I almost ran into Steven's rental car. Um, so we bonded over his screaming and pulling the <laughs> e-brake. Um, but I, I just kind of went from there. And I, you know, once I realized that I loved it, um, I think I spent a couple days in the parking lot. And then I went out on track for the first time. And, you know, everyone has that one specific moment that they'll always remember when they realize mm-hmm. they liked cars or they liked racing and that was mine it's, i went out on track and i was like oh my god this is amazing and i was this like four foot nine 13 year old girl that looked like she was 10 mm-hmm. um and just kind of the the power of having that kind of machinery <clears throat> under yeah, you no, and I the know. adrenaline rush That's right. yeah i know what that um, is you're in a transformer Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I just completely fell for it. Um, I've seen that happen to mm-hmm. the wee little girls with blonde hair before. They get into <laughs> GT3s and, and they're animals. I feel Power. Look yeah. what I can do. There's Power a whole suit. army of us. See, I feel like that in the GT2 RS, Zuckerman. I, I, yeah. I get in that thing and of I course. feel different. You know, well, yeah. I'm, I'm Superman suit. What fascinates done. me is that 
we've always identified, even if you talk to C.J. Wilson about yeah. baseball, C.J. <clears> will say there are guys that you hand them a ball and, or you hand them a football and they throw a 100 yards, yep. a, a basket, you put them on a surfboard, they can surf beautifully. Mm-hmm. And C.J. had to approach the, the, the sport of pitching intellectually. He had yes. to learn and then apply what he learned. And I'm almost hearing maybe the same story from you right yeah. now. No, it's, it's textbook level similar. Um, <clears throat> I, I said this earlier, but I really wasn't good when I first started, and it's it's hard to now, when fall you're in love with for, something. Uh, back up for a second. When you first started driving or racing, both. Okay, so because you you're, you're 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 taking a lesson, you're going around the track and doing a lap. That's one thing. That's learning how to drive. But at what yeah. point does it start to turn into racing? Like, well, what's the moment where you go, you know what? I want to mix it up with other cars because not even he and I really do that. So, we, we lap and we have fun, but we don't really want to be around other cars. So I knew I wanted to start mixing it up pretty much as soon as possible just because <laughs> I'm really competitive. Right. Um, I learned by, like, pretending there were cars in front of me. Right. So I, I constantly needed that. Like, I needed that kind of rabbit in front of me to get faster. Um, but <laughs> a, dog <laughs> race, a dog race. Yeah, rabbit. that's Imaginary there. rabbit. That's Imaginary me. rabbit. I had real rabbits sometimes. But um, in terms of, like, the point where I actually started to get better um, – you actually brought up a good point. There, there wasn't really a clear, distinct line for me between mm-hmm. learning how to drive and racing because I got into it really quickly. When it comes to actual years behind the wheel, I'm actually very far behind on most of the people that I race against professionally now. Because right. um, I learned how to drive when I was 13, but I really just did a couple days between 13 and 15. And then I decided I really wanted to go all in and... Um, you know, my dad said, all right, if you're if you're really serious about this, we need to talk about, you know, what are the right next steps for you? Um, how do you start to raise sponsorship? How do you start right, to take, right. you know, get yourself to be taken seriously? Meanwhile, what was mom saying? My mom was <laughs> is surprisingly okay with it. But to this day, she's never been right seat with me. So I think... She's never what? She's never been right seat with me in a car. So I think if she were to go right seat with me, she it would flipped. probably be different. Yeah. It's, there's kind of the... I can't imagine a mom who's watching her daughter in summer stock... <laughs> In the audience, going, this is great. My going. daughter Flounder. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Flounder. Hey, Flounder. Now she's going to race. Now she's Speedy Gonzalez. Well, yeah. it was a change of pace, but okay. <clears throat> to put it in perspective, my little sister is a female wrestler on the boys' varsity wrestling team. So really? I'm like, I'm like the, yeah, I'm the bottom end of the spectrum in terms of danger level oh out of all God. of their siblings. This is crazy. These are unusual. What is your mom? Does your mom work? What does she do? So my mom used to be a consultant. Uh, she worked at McKinsey and Company. Uh, Just, she, but nothing. Like racing, no, no, nothing great. Well, neither. Didn't I mean, neither has my dad. Sports, Up until didn't. Monticello, they both really just did. Isn't this crazy stories? Really I'm trying to figure out where the bat story? mitzvah fits into this, <laughs> right? Like, well, I had my bat mitzvah at a racetrack, so it's actually very. See, good. I know yeah. that this was coming. I'm like listening to the. This is what happens after several generations in America, right? The first thing, the parents, the, the, your great grandparents come off the boat. They, yep. they they probably scrape by. Then it, granddad becomes a cardiologist, becomes successful. Dad becomes a businessman, and then and then the next generation becomes wrestlers and drivers. Yeah, uh, wrestlers just, and racers. Yeah, it's just turn just turn into southern. Just turn into you know. That's a crazy white story. Trash. None of this yes. makes sense. This <laughs> Actually, think like about that a lot. It's like I love my great grandfather could see me now. It's like his his dream was to create Lawyer, a future Lawyer. for his family where they could successfully go to colleges like Harvard. So in that sense, yeah. I am checking that box, but also race car driver is so the opposite right, yes. of anything that they would potentially condone. Did, so. did racing help you get into Harvard? Was that good on the application to go, hey, I do this? Actually, um, <laughs> I mean, I did mention it, so I'm, 
I'm sure that it helped. I'm not going to lie about that one. But I, I, you have to be the only one applying to Harvard as a professional racer. You'd there be can't surprised. be any other ones. Yeah, that's true. The, There's I mean, no most, other ones. Most Come professional on. racers don't necessarily apply to colleges or right. they don't want to go full-time because, yeah. to be fair, it is actually like a huge obstacle to your career. And right. I, you know, you I'm, I'm but choosing. I was commenting more on Harvard. Well, they you remember the nerds, Patrick, all the nerds Patrick Long has always said that he he's he feels kind of in a way that as much as we like his story about how he was plucked out of the U.S. and sent yeah, to Lamont, yeah, yeah. and he says he wished he, he went to, finished high school and went to college. He always feels a little bit lacking in that regard. Well, and it's tricky because I think on the one hand, I, like I'm dealing with this right now where I'm trying to do both because I've not, I mean, not learn from people like that, but I just know personally that if I were to not finish school, I'd really regret it. Um, not even from a job standpoint or a career standpoint, just because it's, I mean, I have that opportunity. I don't want to waste it. School's awesome. Like, it's fun. I don't, I don't want to lose the chance What kind of kid is this that. second in school? I love <laughs> this kid. Now, here, I, awesome. I have some other questions. And well, wait, how many idiots are at Harvard? <laughs> what percentage of people let me, let at me Harvard are Hold adults? that thought. Let's I take can't. a break. We have, to, we have to sell commercials on the podcast. We'll be right back okay. with more Spike's Car Radio. Do you feel like you're spinning your wheels stuck in the mud of debt with an open diff? Do you feel like you have no financial traction, there's no way out, and the bills keep piling up? Are you not getting anywhere with those minimum payments? Don't let banks keep your wheels spinning. Lock yourself up with total financial freedom and get yourself free credit cards, signature loans, department store cards, medical bills, internet loans, and even timeshares. Total financial freedom can help you get debt-free in months rather than decades. You can get out of debt saving money each month and pay back a fraction of what you owe. Call 866-218-0588, 866-218-0588 today for free information. For over 10 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau with zero complaints, too. That's zero. These people are car people like us, and they're squeaky clean. Honestly, if I had debt, I'd use them, too. Now, that implies I don't have debt, and that would be correct. Their website is www.tffusa.com. That's T as in turbo, I see. It's a car thing. F as in fuel, and F as in fuelusa.com. Get out of the endless cycle and call them today, 866-218-0588, and that's 866-218-0588. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. We're back. <laughs> There's no real break, Zuckerman. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I don't ask know. your question. What, you had, how many people? You had a real how many of there. your fellow students do you look at and say that person's a fucking idiot? What a dumb. <laughs> I really don't know if I should answer that. Come to on, be please, completely honest, to I don't know who's going to be listening to this. No one's like listening that. to this. Well, let's get back to the cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get back but, into the world wanna, of cars. Wanna, do you have any follow up? I want to have. Then I got to get back to cars. Okay. Well, I want her to finish up telling me how much of. Her ability to race is intellect as opposed to natural ability. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. About that. Um, so you were talking 40. about C.J. Wilson, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, almost all of it is. I mean, and, and again, like I, I think I've developed some natural skill. There is a certain element of like you need to be able to hop into any car and be confident enough to just go quickly off the bat. Um, but because I didn't have that kind of natural skill or the 10 plus years of karting mm -hmm. experience, I had to find really creative ways to get good at it and, you know, intellectual ways to get good at it. So... First thing I did was um, I'm a huge STEM person. Like, I love math and physics. So I learned how to analyze the data from the car so I could coach myself, which helped a lot. You know, just being able to go to a random DE track day with my dad and we'd, you know, bring a Miata there ourselves. And I could actually take, like, pull the data from the car, analyze it, go from there. Um, that was, like, you know, most important step number one. Step number two is I was having a really hard time. 
um, kind of getting my getting out of my own head because I was so scared of hurting the machinery that I'd be looking down and like watching the rev limiter to make sure I didn't uh, over rev the engine before I shifted. Which, which sounds like such an easy <clears throat> thing to get mm-hmm. over, but 13-year-old me was like, I, I can't hurt this car, I can't hurt this car, I can't hurt this car. Right, right. Like, the stakes are so much higher, not just, you know, from a financial and a safety standpoint than anything else I'd ever done. And I got over that uh, through treating the car like an instrument. So, oh, this is, like, a really weird explanation. Um, I have perfect pitch, and I'd been playing... I had been playing different instruments my basically my entire life. Like I can't remember when I wasn't singing, and uh, I can identify specific pitches out of like random sounds. Like if a um, fire siren came driving by, I could say like, "Oh, like that's a B flat." Yeah, something like that. Um, that's what everybody. I went to Berkeley College of Music. We hated oh, those kids. Yeah, Their <laughs> life was too easy for them. Yes. they could just hear everything. It I makes hear things. It makes things a lot <clears throat> easier, yeah. and it's and it's completely genetic. So I'm pretty Suckerman sure my has dad a has of it, it, but it's called hearing out of only one ear. That's it. So <laughs> it, it, I have no it's, pitch. I have, is, that, is that why you're, you're looking at me at an angle? Yeah, like a stupid dog. So when is there time for racing during the school year? Like. What what do you what series are you racing in now? So I was just in Pirelli World Challenge this past year. Uh, that season actually ended late August, so I got okay. kind of lucky there. Right. Well, not lucky. I, that was pretty deliberate. Um, and what cars are those? I was in a BMW M4 GT4 this wow. past year. So it's Fun. it's mostly GT4 and GT3 cars, right. but they have a whole touring car program that's also pretty competitive. And you're touring around the U.S. Yes. And yeah, so I, I think they do. I think it's North America because wow. have a couple races in Canada. But. And how do you? Do they fly you around? You have to get yourself there. You, you in, a, in a car with dad and a truck and towing a race car. How does no, it work? No, I luckily we've gotten past that point. So, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward like five plus years and like Go thirty ahead. seconds. Um, I decided I was really serious about racing. My dad basically taught me how to raise sponsorship money, taught me how to market myself, wow. you know, for which I will be thankful to him forever. I got my first sponsor when I was 16. It's called Mod Space Motorsports. Uh, they still sponsor me. I'm still really, really close to them. And I went straight into pro racing and straight into the Mazda MX-5 Cup, which was a very steep learning curve. And I will like publicly admit that I was definitely <laughs> not ready in 2015, my mm-hmm. first year there. Um, but I learned a ton by the second year. Things are going fairly well. Um, I was, again, learning a lot, but learning you know, slightly less in, in a good way. Um, and then end of 2016, I went straight into the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge the next year. So from that point forward, um, you know, my, my dad has been really supportive of me and, and involved and wants to come watch me race. But in terms of the, like, you know, how, how do I get there? Um, at this point, I run everything myself. Mm-hmm. So I travel everywhere by myself. I run all, my, all of my own sponsorships. Actually, right after this, I'm going to, to have lunch with my, my main sponsors because um, they're on Rodeo Drive. Oh, wow. So Look at that. So when is there time to be like a kid? I, I mean, what happens? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine guys are, you know, I would be so intimidated by you. I'd be like, you're, you have my life. I'm supposed to be the cool person. I'm supposed to be doing the cool stuff and racing and impressing you. And you know what I mean? Um, are you talking about like from a guy's standpoint yeah. or just in general? I mean, like, oh. When is there time Do you – I'm not hearing any time like, yeah, and then Saturday nights we uh, go smoke cigarettes, play pool, and drink beer. And, okay. And well, I'm not publicly going to admit to doing any of that. Um. <laughs> He's not going to admit it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are guys intimidated by you? 
Um, I think it depends. <laughs> Don't you think, Zuckerman? Not you? if they're Superman. Not if they have perfect. I mean, if they're comfortable. And if they can drive, and they, they can perf- throw, they can throw a javelin eight hundred yards, and, and then they go, "Hey, we'll we'll make super babies, right? Let's uh, let's hang out. I make these cars. Oh I got my, my own sponsors. <laughs> I I can figure the computer out. Yeah. No. Wow. Perfect pitch. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, actually thought about that. I'm like, if I ever end up married to someone who's like as or more aggressive <clears> than I am, just in terms of like personality, I'd, baby, I'd be scared of my own children. Take over the world. Who I'd are be- your <laughs> heroes? Who are your racing heroes? Like, do you look at a Danica Patrick and go, I want to be on that trajectory and, and, and have her career? Or do you look at, like, I'd like to be like Danica Patrick who also cures cancer? <laughs> closer, closer to that. No, closer and, to that. So yeah, like, I, I will I actually wanna... say, like, Danica Patrick is a huge role model for me. Right, right. But not necessarily in the racing sense or in the marketing right, sense. Right. Um, I just think that, I mean, she got involved in racing when it was much more of a man's world than it is mm-hmm. even now. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine the amount of stigma that she was facing. And she started when she was 15 or 16 and right. actually did really well. Um, but the thing I'm most impressed by, you know, over all of that is like she just quit racing. She's basically, you know, she's retired. She's doing her own thing. She started this wine company. She's kind of like mm-hmm. she's just like working out a lot. She's she's right, all right, over right. the place. But within a few years of IndyCar and NASCAR, she was hanging out mid to back of the pack just because why not? And she made more money than probably everyone else in the top ten combined. Just because she was smart and she used her marketing assets mm-hmm. to her advantage and knew exactly what uh, she wanted, and now she can do whatever she wants. And again, it's like I don't know if I'd it. I don't know if I'd go the specific <clears throat> route that she went. Like I don't know if I'd go into NASCAR. Or I don't know if I would be. I don't know if I'd have the same you know brand or marketing play that she had. Um, well, but I nothing, think nothing stopping you, Aurora. Strauss's brain. We yeah, like the, we like the way Strauss is thinking. Mm, Strauss. Well, you. I mean, There's you met no my grandparents. Girl, right, Zuckerman? I mean, it's no. like whatever she wants to do. Not, but not someone who thinks with the kind of acuity and clarity that that she exhibits here. Right. She no. is. She's beyond the two of, of us these, put are, together. Are you, are you even represented? I'm not are you the represented by a talent agency? I mean, I would imagine no. any number of agents who I know are listening to this podcast are going to okay. be looking no, you up actually, right away. Going. Wait, I'm that's a really good point. Shameless self promotion here. I'm not currently represented by anyone. Oh, that's and easy. Ferris did. I know exactly who to put you in. She's going to be with CAA by the end of the week. Well, yeah. You will. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. But I, <laughs> maybe. a few weeks ago, I, I kind of had this realization that, like, I, I took a year off of school. I don't know right. if my if my grandparents Shame mentioned that. That's the yeah, most well, that's you the should most be packing there four was, years into there was five. A for lot sure. of. Um, there was a lot of the shame on me thing in terms no. of gap year from you know what? Not, not the grandparents you met, but I've definitely like you had extended family members be like, you know, you're not even going to be a Harvard college dropout. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm oh, going to make God. it at some point. I'll Can you fine. do that at Harvard? Can you take that little year? Of course. Year? Yeah. You can take as, so as long you as can you take want. unlimited amounts of time off at Harvard. Really? Because, I, I mean, I don't know if this is totally the reason why, but this is like my projected idea of it. Um, I think they just want to be able to claim you as a Harvard student. Right. So like if like if I wanted to take three years off starting next year Ooh, just sick. to race and then come back to undergrad when I'm like 25, yeah. I could do that. I would so, like to see you matriculating at 2030. I, yeah. So that's, so that's another thing. It's kind of, it's kind of self-regulating because I'm like, if I, I don't want to graduate college older than like 23 or 24. Right, right. I just don't. And right now I'm going to graduate at 23. If I push it any further back than that, I'm just I'm not sure how I'd feel about like being an undergrad. 
I want, I want I want this Strauss. She's no flounder. I want Strauss to come and analyze the data of my life and put together a pro. I bet she could. You know, one, three, five-year plan. I know you within 500 feet of this young woman. <laughs> this young woman has potential. A true, you stay away from her. A true, yes. Where do you Where do you want to end up? Where you know? Would it be Formula One? Like, what would be a dream mm-hmm. scenario for you? Do you like NASCAR? I mean, what's your favorite racing I'm, series? I'm not sure yet. I'm still kind of figuring out, to be completely honest, what I want right. out of racing, which sounds so crazy because I'm doing it professionally right now. Right, right. Um, but I I mean, if you look at like the the trajectory so far of my racing career, things happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is like I'll give my, my dad a ton of credit for that because he taught me – you know, I, I grew up in a really business-oriented family with my grandparents and then and then both mm-hmm. of my parents, um, almost to a fault. Like, I was getting my essays edited when I was in, like, kindergarten, and I was getting – they were, they were like, really scrutinized, and I was constantly, like – you know, I, I was always dressed in Jeez. like business casual clothing. It was oh very my God. no, but it yeah. <laughs> in kindergarten. No, but it but Flounder. it has worked really well for me. Like I've been kind of on my own thing for a while. Um, Flounder is the most loser thing you've ever done in your life, right? Flounder, yeah, yeah. I, that yeah. I and how many other kids are there in this life. little family? One's a wrestler. One's a wrestler. That's my little sister. How good is she? And she's good. Could she, she tie him in knots? Yes. Probably. Easily. Good. Easily. <laughs> Probably. You see, she just looked at you. Just yeah. dismissed your manhood. <laughs> Probably. Manhood. <laughs> it's not dismissive of your manhood. Yes, it's it just is. elevating my sister. <laughs> no, it's Look dismissive of My sister is pretty strong. She could, manhood. She could knock me over And there's nobody too. else? It's just those nope, two? Nope. I have a little brother, too. So he's the youngest one. He's... 13? And what Four is he kid. doing right now? What's Smoking. he doing? He's, uh, he's, he's, he's an astronaut. He's hanging out. He's and a professional baseball player. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all making tons right. of money for he's him. He's building right now. No, tubes. He's, he's super smart, but he's being a normal kid, which I also think is like very mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely good for him. That's a lot he's, of pressure on that kid, by the way. That that's is, why it's a lot of pressure but on him. You're the hero child. That's you're the oldest, right? Yes, I'm yeah, the so That's went, how I ended up the way I, I became, because my two sisters were very, they excelled. You're the youngest? I'm the youngest, and my oh, two sisters excelled, and and so I had to take a different, more yes. horrible Well, I think it's path. hard to be the youngest in the first place, but I think he's also... <laughs> horrible <path>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel so bad for you. Are you still on that more horrible path? <laughs> no, no, you know that, but you know that, yes, and as, as a young kid, at 15, I, I prefer to be in gentlemen's clubs on Long Island. Well, of uh, course, you're 15. Yeah, right, and not, and not be exercised. No, but my sisters were studying for the SAT, which I thought was the okay, stupidest thing I ever heard Pros and cons to that. I still like, feel super strongly about that. This is going to sound super hypocritical coming from a Harvard student, but there are like there are elements of being a kid. Not not that that's like being a kid, but there are elements of just kind of like having fun and like letting loose that I think are really valuable, especially in like your your uh, like foundational years. And I a lot of people that's hard for you because you're you're very intellectual. Must be hard to have fun. It must be hard to have fun. Well, huh, I guess. I don't know. What's, yeah. what, what qualifies as fun? He was accusing me of the same thing earlier <laughs> no, but, okay, It's hard I, for me to have fun. Does that mean I'm intellectual? What do you describe as fun? No, no, no. I should say that I should say it's probably hard for you to, to just let loose and just be what, however you want to be because you're thinking of sponsors. You're thinking well, of Well, okay. Careers. Actually, you're that think, is true. Yeah. Like I do – I definitely do everything with the mindset of like – 
you know, how is this potentially going to right. affect my relationship? You don't so want part to be of that is like smoking I have cigarettes and throwing up outside a bar at four in the morning with pictures being taken. Not that I would or wouldn't do that, but it does actually really matter, right? Because I have like it will. What? Yes, I come in in a bar smoking <laughs> cigarettes and throwing up. I mean, okay, you didn't do that at eighteen. <clears throat> at eighteen, no, yes. I was pretty good at that point. Oh, really? No, I didn't touch cigarettes at eighteen. No way. Oh, yeah, there was a certain point you were th- you were smoking and throwing up. I know that. I was uh, really into corn cob pipes and cherry tobacco, and uh, <laughs> probably had a lot of weed. I guess I smoked pot and lit that. Things woods haven't changed and... that much between then and now in college. No. Yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of normal. Corn cob pipes. <laughs> yeah. Not as much at Harvard, but yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, college in general. He liked the corn cob pipe because he had wooden dentures. <laughs> I was it in was a play so at Harvard. I was some. I was the dumb kid who was in a play at Harvard. It was fun. Were you a flounder? An no. animal house. They had <clears> a flounder had a in an animal Boston house. Boston accent, and everybody laughed at it every time I had a line. Excuse me. <clears throat> We're running short on time, Aurora. Okay. What else do we need to talk to you about? What is your sister's name? Because with Aurora, the other two kids have to have good yeah. names. So my sister's name is Simone. Now, and... Aurora, is that's after Sleeping Beauty, right? Sleeping Beauty's no. Aurora. No, it's a star. This is the continuation of my family. It's crazy. I'm named after an X-Men. So I was supposed <laughs> to be... I... Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> what? I was supposed to be <laughs> named X-Men? Storm. Yes, after the X-Men Storm. And my entire extended family is like, absolutely not. We are not having Storm Strauss. Um, so I'm a Aurora- as for a Jewish <laughs> stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? X Men. Yep. So Aurora is okay. I'm totally gonna butcher this because I don't actually like know it well. But Aurora is, I guess, Storm's like street name, disguise oh name, God. and X Men. That doesn't seem like my your dad family was really into comic books. He, yeah, no, apparently when he was little. Yeah. So where does Simone come from? I have no idea. And what about Simone. the little brother? His name's Asher. Okay. There are lots of Ashers floating around. Very, very. Yeah, Ashers have been popular really yeah. recently. Yeah. I hear it at the soccer games all the time. Come on, Asher, go! <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, all these kids that have these, like, uh, yeah, like, like there's, a, there's a Leonardo at our soccer game. Leonardo! And you know, oh, not God, everyone so who's to... named after geniuses is going to do well in life. You know, there's going to be, hey, Leonardo, clean up an aisle six. <laughs> go, go pick that up, right? In fact, I think certain names curse you because these are – and I'm not going to talk about it, but there's a couple of names I know that if I ever deal with someone named th- these two names, oh, I'm yeah. dealing with losers. Well, well, okay. What are the names? I'm not telling you. You think the names will make them losers? It can. Really? Yes. I think, because well, it's too much? I don't think it's the name no. that makes Amadeus them losers. I think it's that. like the likelihood of parents to <clears throat> right. m- like name yeah. someone. I'm not talking Amber. I've got uh, you know or, or you know stripper names. I'm just talking about names. Like, I don't mind you, Amber. Oh, I was every every names. every Seth that I've ever met. Seth so McFarlane. I've met some good but Seths. I, ha- I have not met any. I myself. Now you, on the other hand, and every Miles. That I've met. A spike. I know a bad a, Seth bad and two or three good Seths. Okay, what Seth about Miles? Seth is pretty good. Um, well, obviously Miles Davis, who I met. He, he was, you met Miles He was Davis. loopy, though. Yeah, yeah. He was loopy. Okay. He was so you see, loopy. It's, a, it's a very personal experience. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah, thought. you're right. There are a couple of Miles that I've coached on various <laughs> teams that were not the smartest. Yeah. Yeah, you're right yes. about that. I also, I, I, I saw Perseus. I couldn't believe What's a Perseus? that. Perseus? A Perseus. Okay, who that's just an outlier. Perseus? You, know? oh, you name your dog horrible. Perseus. You name your bug. Your and an Amadeus. I knew uh, an Amadeus. Oh, poor kid. I always think that of. That kid's not who, going anywhere. Remember the movie Amadeus? Yeah. Who was, yeah. What was the actor's name? Tom what? Pulse, right? It was such a great role for him. Is that it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you saw that movie? It's a great movie. I saw it. I have no idea who the actor is. He I'm was not. great. I'm just, horrible. I'm floppy, horrible with names. That's one of the greatest. Hair. Yes. One of the greatest with movies the laugh of all that time. He one did. of my favorite movies. Do you think that he ad-libbed You would like that it because you have perfect pitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was in one music class, and after two days, the teacher put me in the corner and said, just sit here for the rest just of it. Be quiet. Oh. And I know what it's like to feel. I guess you can't use the R word, but mentally challenged. And all of the things, everything came easily in music. I have no doubt that you feel that way, Zuckerman. I have. We all see that you are mentally challenged, <laughs> except for one area. Okay, but everyone, money. Everyone, everyone has money something the that they're just horrible at no matter what. And so music, I was always <clears throat> looked at the people who could hear, uh, talk about, I, I mm-hmm. have no ability to know what note, what pitch, yeah. what key, what whatever. I think music is genetic in a way that a lot of skills kind of of aren't like i'm convinced that so perfect pitch is genetic so i'm convinced my dad has it and yeah, he just doesn't yeah. really know it but like, he taught himself how to play the moonlight sonata when he was oh my younger God. Okay. and it's one of those like i just That's hear him hard. playing it and then he, he doesn't know how to play the piano he doesn't know what notes he's playing right and he'll just sit down play piano and, and then walk away certainly and that's just his... having do you have good rhythm yeah so then rhythm is coordination, I've noticed, too. I noticed with my boys, if you've got rhythm, you tend yeah. to have coordination, and then you tend to be good at racing. It You'd all works You'd be surprised at how – so theoretically, I should be very, like – I should have great coordination, right? Because I race, I do mm-hmm. music. I, I can't, like, hit a ball or, like, throw a ball somewhere for that's my baseball. life. That's well, that's different. that's the thing that, like, right. no matter what, you, like, everyone has something that they're, they're just horrible at. That is my – yeah. I Your mean, kind of – Your Achilles heel. That's that's my Achilles heel. What is car would you? What car do you dream of? What car do I dream of? Do you, you want to have a collection yeah. of cars? What's your favorite car? Can we make you a Porsche okay. person? We'd love to have you in a little I club of Porsche. I am a Porsche Porsches. person. I raced a Cayman through 2017. It was awesome. Oh yeah. That thing actually really. I miss it in a lot of ways because I'm I'm very attached to sounds of cars. Like that's right. kind of part uh, of why I fell in love. Perfect with Perfect pitch, lady. Yeah. Ah, it all it all kind all. of comes together. So um, what other exhausts have you heard that have that make your perfect pitch tingle? That really that you like. Aston Martin there. Vantage. I love that car. I really like like the lower. Cayman? Right. No, Rumbles. not not in the Cayman. The Aston Martin Vantage. The Cayman. Oh, the, I, the Cayman I also love. Right. But the you Vantage like, is a really. Like you yes. like V8s. You like I American. I like lower American muscle. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, what a chick, huh? Everything. I'm She's sure. from Harvard. She's a chick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she races. She races. She likes muscle cars. She, we're not even talking about the writing. She likes to write. Yeah. She's writing for the Harvard Crimson. Yeah. Do you cover? Do you mm. cover what's going on in the world in the Harvard Crimson? I cover very uninteresting things because I'm a freshman. Oh, well, so do you, do you pitch them stories, or do they come to you and pitch them? Usually, they'll they'll have a whole list of stories that are available for the week, and mm-hmm. then it's first come, first serve. So I have oh, an alarm fun. set for like twelve thirty a.m. on Sunday night when they send them out, and then I try to get the ones I want. Stuff. We I have to introduce understand. her to that famous or infamous journalist that works for me. Who's that? Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, <clears throat> or David Corn, yeah. who I just met the other day be nice to me wait All actually right. i forgot to finish this shameless self-promotion all right finish I, it and then we have okay. to go. Awesome. shamelessly self-promote okay because we've arrived SSP. at the time yep. for self-promotion okay i i do not have an agent or a manager i am currently playing around with getting one just because get her ferrison it's easy but this is this is totally new territory for me like i just kind of you got don't it. you'll have it wired in a week we got an agent for you <laughs> just right. like that Sounds That's good. My i'm Disney. just not i'm not That's gonna pitch Disney. it then i'm just gonna let this you guys what do you tell me what you're interested in doing and how they can help you because unless okay. you have a vision for them they will run roughshod all over yep. you yes, you got what are you looking to do race media television movies writing music i'm mostly focused on it's 
two things, uh, racing and I'm working on building a nonprofit called Girls with Drive right now, but they're not going to help you with that. I know. Well, I need to build it myself, but I, right. you know, I can build it but myself build, if I have money wanna, to build it. You want to go brand. down the road. All, of I, a, all of a, I need is money. You want to go down the road of a Danica Patrick, let's say, as far as branding and then do your own thing with it. Yes. I'm looking for, basically, I, I run all of my own sponsorship stuff right now. And <laughs> a couple weeks ago, um, I was at an un, unnamed party with a bunch of marketing specialists mm-hmm. from an unnamed company. Right. Um, and Lots there's also something very valuable about being, you know, semi-sober when everyone else in the room right. is completely wasted. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we one of that. the, <laughs> and one of their marketing directors came up to me and said, you know, just, just so you know, like I know that you pitched us on, you know, X in kind sponsorship a couple of weeks ago and don't take this the wrong way. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you are a woman or the fact that you're young, but because you are so experienced and this isn't your area of expertise, you undervalue yourself the moment mm-hmm. you walk into a room without someone else, which I think is actually very true. Like, because yes. I'm negotiating all my own stuff, right. I think there's the immediately, <clears throat> there's the immediate, like, how much can we get out yes. of this girl? Right. She's a pigeon. Let's, yeah. Let's you yeah. want to have people around you occasionally, though. I have to tell you, I really respect when people don't have that. I really love those people the most. They're my favorite. Well, that's Like, nice. when you walk yeah. in, when people walk in here where they're publicists, I go, oh, my God, really? For us? No, that's, I you actually. You know, just relax. I flew here myself. I was actually but fe- feeling right. pretty stupid when I walked in because <clears> I have, like, my little tiny suitcase with me and I walked here. But, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> you know, in, in business, though, in this business, and when you are rolling around with those type of people, and they are sharks, you do need two it, or three suits to really kind of. And difference. you know why? Because you're going to learn how to. The first thing I'm going to teach you is how to say yes to everything. Yeah. When I got my little crew with me, I know I just I, whatever they ask me to do, I go, "Yep, absolutely. Yep, that sounds great. I'm well, there to show enthusiasm." And then later on, those people will go, "Look, if if you want her to do that, it's going to cost this much money, and don't call us back." Unless you're willing, and you gotta you gotta push them back, and that way you're gonna be your friendly little self, because they, they're gonna they are gonna take advantage of you if you're nice yeah. to them. Well, and it's money. it's not even that I'm someone who can easily be taken advantage of as much as like I don't even know the potential value that's yeah. necessarily out there just because this isn't my area of expertise. No, like I can pretend to be good at it. They're gonna I can take get advantage a of, of money. Your, the, you're right. That's what they're taking advantage of. But they're also going to take advantage of the fact that they're now talking to you and that you're nice and they go, oh, well, let me be your they friend. Th- or they think they can. And this the is problem, a master negotiator. The problem he's going to tell you, you why. The problem Aurora is going to have is that there is, for managers and agents, there is some of it is is an art form and some of it's intuition. So you, as a hyper intellectual person, are going to wonder with a potential manager, like, how are you doing this? How do you know? And you're going to try to have them. Yeah, I'm going to try to learn. You're going to try to learn, but also try to apply certain intellectual metrics to what they <clears throat> know and do that is art and intuitive. So there's going to be a challenge for you because at a certain point, like when you go to a doctor, you got to just turn over your yep. faith. And you got to say, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. put it in this person's hands, and I'm going to trust. So don't discount that there's going to be a necessary leap of faith and trust yeah. element <clears throat> with this person that you're yeah. going to give well, and this I, to. If I find the right person, I am confident that I can delegate. It's just more for me about, like, I need to be taken seriously, and I also want to learn from someone. And I think that there's so much out there. And like I said, like, I'm looking at trying to build this nonprofit, I've gotten so much support for it. I've gotten people who have said that they're willing right. to put money into it, but I just don't have the time anymore to right. manage my own and sponsorships. I did when I wasn't in school, but like I'm trying to pass my classes right. so while not going to them at the same time. And that's what I'm saying to you. At a certain point, like 
I can, <clears throat> people will come into my office and say, okay, there were young attorneys and they say, I want to do what you do. And I said, well, I'm going to yeah. explain it to you, but I can't teach you talent. And I can't teach you instinct and I can't teach you certain things. I can explain what I'm doing, but you're not going to ever be able to do it. Yeah. And, and hopefully for someone who is as good as you are, and I'm, I'm going to tell you because one of my greatest talents is to be able to pick who winners are. You're a winner. It's going to be hard for you to find the right fit. It's going to take you time. Yeah. And most people in his camp are not, in, do they have the patience to deal with her? Who's that? Agent, <clears throat> managers, agents. It's, I am. No, I they're am not going to want her involved in that person. stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll quickly learn you don't have to be. You know, yeah. no, what, what they bring, you know, a big organization like that brings comps in. They'll yeah. be able to go, well, here's what Denica did at this point. Here's that. So that's, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all guessing games. Nobody knows, especially with everything, the revolution of what's going on in media right now. Everything is kind of all it's over the place. Flex. So yeah. you're kind of like, you know, we'll be happy with this. You'll be happy with this. Yeah, I, I, I think find that if you get someone you don't mind talking to on the phone every week or every day, every, every that, day. that yeah. helps. They all kind of know what they're doing, but you want to have someone that you feel like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll get them on the phone and have a chat with. Right. Well, and Not I think the biggest like, priority for me is like I'm right now I'm raising my own money and then basically figuring out how to spend it. And like, like you know, you were talking about, do I do all this stuff myself? Like, how do I transport the cars right now? I manage a lot of my – I manage all my own sponsorship funding and I just book my own flights. And when I realized I was coming out here for a meeting later in the day, I just you know reached out to you and booked my own hotel and I've been just walking around everywhere. But that's – like it'd be nice to <laughs> – Have somebody. Yes. It'd be nice to have someone oh, to get happen. me that Don't money. Don't you worry. That's going to yeah. happen. You're going to have a whole team next time we see you. Glam squad, the whole All right, sounds good. Next time I come deal. in, I'm going to be one of those annoying people with like five publicists. And, and demanding. And have someone carrying Her, my suitcase. I need to know what you're going to ask them. Like, I want what? exclusively <laughs> Fiji water bottles. <laughs> yes, red M&M's. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Well, there she is, everybody. Tasty pudding. You can find Aurora Strauss on Instagram, I know, because that's how I saw you floating yeah. around there. And uh, we chatted there. It's just Where my else? name. Every, everything else, in, I... Instagram, Facebook, any online presence is just my what name. What do you use the most, Instagram? Definitely Instagram, yeah. Instagram, yeah. We follow so, each other, too, I believe. I know I follow her. Too many I Russians. Too you. many Russians on Facebook these days. <laughs> Instagram is still I've okay. Just, I just don't really see any value in Facebook that isn't on Instagram. Plus, that should be your next, your next child should be named bot can you in feel honor of, oh, yes bot should be the next you in honor of all of bot, the random yeah, oh that's another Strauss. thing there are a lot of really weird bots on facebook so actually speaking of my grandparents um i i scared them a couple of years ago maybe it was last year now um because this company called aj plus which is owned by al jazeera but it's it's pretty <laughs> well hold on. hold on <laughs> hold on it's pretty autonomous and it's like it's like a nice company they did this tiny like three minute documentary on me and they came to laguna seca and followed me around to one of my races and oh, got this like super cute you know footage of um uh-huh. like the girls that you know always like climb into my car and they were talking about how they want to race one day it was great um but then you know it, it got like upwards of a million views or something like that. Wow. But then these random people started commenting on it, but they were all commenting really similar things about like, you know, all like, ew, she's Jewish, all this stuff. Oh, really? Um, or like, ew, she's a woman. But it was just like, right. you know, check all the boxes of things that I could potentially dis- be discriminated mm-hmm. against, which is very few. Like, I'm right. very privileged. Right. Um, but they found like the couple things and kind of went after them. And it took about 30 seconds of clicking on the profiles from, you know, my, my dad started clicking on the profiles. They're all bots. They they're were. all bots. They're yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. real people. And it's also like if they are, why do I care? Right? Like I just I don't care right. that much. Yeah, Short yeah. of them like stalking me around Here's to the point where it's dangerous, it just doesn't really matter. Is, 
But my grandparents panicked because they didn't realize that they were bots. And were like, oh, there are dear. all these horrible people in the world. I'm like, okay, well, that's true. But also, yeah. you know, most of these accounts are fake. And it's one person that has nothing better to do that is sitting mm-hmm. in his mom's basement in uh, the 400 you know, pound fat guy. The, in the bed. You should see what yeah. Zuckerman writes about people. It's horrible on Instagram. You <laughs> he's have to really the watch out. Right? <laughs> you know, the really thing is, is that he's the horrible person because he says things like that that are not true. Am I the horrible person? Yes, you are. If I can pull up this message from one of our mutual uh, fans who sh- uh, took a little screenshot of something one he of wrote your guys' about me mutual friends? Privately. Uh oh. Ferriston's trying to keep me off the oh, show. God. He's ungrateful. Messages He's, on Instagram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy instantly screenshotted it and sent it to me. He does not check in my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, I did send yeah. it to somebody. How come you're not on the show more? He said it. This is why, you know, you have baby skin. You have baby skin. Do you, eventually, <laughs> you're going to see so much of this crap everywhere. You, you develop celebrity body armor. It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. Oh, I have you that. You go on Jimmy I, Kimmel, you get the mean tweets who cares yeah no i definitely body armor you're on the track racing there in the stands throwing garbage anyway we've got to end this show we've got to go aurora you can come back anytime you want to hang out with us and just chit chat we love intelligent people we love everything you're doing i'm sorry we didn't talk about cars more (laughs) oh that's fine it's a, it's a free show yeah if you don't complain to us it's a free show we just gave you a free show so enjoy it. All right. I and mean, I, I uh, and follow it. Aurora. She's, uh, you know, obviously. That's perfect pitch. She, we got her first. We got her first. And uh, you heard it here first on Spike's Radio. <laughs> if you're an Asian, radio. direct message me. Oh, don't. No, no. Don't be desperate. Don't be desperate. All right. All right. And, I'm not desperate. And, no. You I'll see if I want you. How about I'm going gonna, gonna to talk to my, my, uh, my friends today <laughs> okay. and we'll see what we can do for you. And Zuckerman, what, do you have anything you'd like to say before we go? If you've been in an accident, you were a loved one and you've been injured, <laughs> call <laughs> cool carpenter Zuckerman. This is the rally. only advertising he does. You know, he's got a huge car collection of beautiful cars, and he gets those cars from the money he makes, not just his clients, but himself. Wow. Yeah. I get the money. He gets the money. The money. The money. <laughs> we were supposed to launch some money shirts and hats, too, that and was I forget it. all about we it. We were going to talk about that. I, you know, I'm losing track of stuff at this I'll point. Buy one I'm too busy. I'm too busy. But now I, I've, I'm inspired by Aurora. I want to try and do it all. I'm going to try to do it all. It's too late, Ferris. Just make, like, a T-shirt with my face <laughs> on it. But, like, just too. my face cut out. It is too late. It's I'm going to tell late. everyone I meet that you have perfect pitch, and honestly, I don't even know what that is. But yeah. <laughs> I, but you have it, and I'm she glad. She has it. She and has it. And we're going to try to buy it today, too. <laughs> All right. And that's Good Spikes luck with Car that. Radio, everybody. We'll see you next week. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse everybody, even you, Zuckerman. All you're looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.